The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Welcome today. Thank you for joining us. I'm going to share a prayer with you and pray over our time together before we worship. Father God, thank you for your provision, your guidance, and your wisdom in this difficult time. Thank you for being with our leaders, being with our families, and being near and dear to us in our hearts. As we enter into this time of worship, would you fill us with your joy, fill us with your spirit that provides peace and comfort, and draw us closer together as we feel further apart. Only you can do that in a unique and special way. Um, So thank you for who you are, and I pray that your presence and your guidance would lead us forth each day. In your name we pray. Amen. i
Ecclesia, even in this challenging season, we continue to be committed to the work God calls us to, sharing the gospel, caring for the vulnerable in our city and beyond, caring well, especially for our children. As we each consider our part in that offering, please speak this prayer along with me. Almighty God, we long to love you and one another as you love us. 
Fill us with continued worship and gratitude to sustain us in uncertain times. Help our thoughts to be holy and our hearts to remain generous as you free us from all anxiety and fear of scarcity. We seek each day to place our renewed trust in you, reminded that even in the seeming desert, your banquet table is set for feasting. Through this humble offering of our family, and in all things, may you be glorified. Amen. Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and I'm thrilled that you could join us on Palm Sunday. This is not how any of us imagine Palm Sunday. Um, Palm Sunday, though, literally is the time in the life of Jesus where the crowd started to chant, right? Save us now. And, uh, and if I've had a chant under my breath this week, it's been, God, save me now, rescue me now, God be with me. And, uh, and for us in this season, it's one of the best things we can do is just breathe and pray, right? I, I wanna remind you that there are three creation accounts in the Bible. Um, there are two in Genesis. It tells us two poetic versions of how God created the world. One in John, and John it tells us that before time itself was measured, the voice, the logos, the living word was speaking. His speech shaped the entire cosmos that immersed in the practice of creating, all things that exist were birthed in him and his breath filled all things with a living, breathing light. I wonder, Ecclesia, have you focused on your breath this week? Have you paused? I'd encourage you to now. Take a deep breath, right? John reminded us that it's his breath, the breath of Christ who created all things, that filled all things with a living, breathing light. In the first account in Genesis, God speaks everything and it comes into existence. And the second, God becomes a gardener. He comes down into the earth and he shapes us together in human form. And we take on a human shape, but nothing really happens until he breathes into us. And it's his breath that fills us. I love this worship song that we, we sing. It's, it's your air in our lungs, right? And that as we breathe, as we pray, as we eat, as we walk, through all these difficult and beautiful things, right? Because hopefully your life is like mine. It's filled with both. It's filled with difficult things. I got times I gotta get out. I also have times that I think if this quarantine ended, um, wow, and I didn't get to see these kids in the same way, that would be really sad. And we've got both. I know whether you've got a house filled with people or whether you're living alone, loneliness is real to you right now. I want to declare to you that you are not alone, that we are with you. There are so many ways this week that you can reach out for online care. I just finished having a few Zoom pastoral visits with beloved Ecclesians, uh, some that are celebrating new birth and new life, uh, some that are in the midst of treatment. I'd ask you to pray uh, for our sister Anna Rose. Uh, she is in an experimental trial for lung cancer at MD Anderson. And if you're getting cancer treatment, you're a bit more susceptible right now. If you have lung cancer and uh, breathing is one of the issues, 
um, then this COVID scares you a little bit more. And we're gonna pray for our sister. We're also going to provide for her and her family and so many others. And so you need to know the church staff at Ecclesia is looking for all of us, anybody that has a need, and we're rallying troops to care for one another. There are many of you that don't need to go to the grocery store. You don't need to get out. We have young, healthy people, people like young Stephen Brown on our staff. He's young and healthy. He can do anything. We'll send him to grocery stores. We have many people that would love to do that. In fact, um, one of our uh, leaders, Kirby, this week articulated what he said. It, it felt like um, uh, a couch anxiety, right? This sense of like, uh, I'm being asked to fight a war by sitting on my couch. Like, um, it, it's a couch guilt, right? What, what does it mean to to help people by sitting on my couch. And we need to remember that by staying home, we are doing that. And there are a few of us that can do more, but we want you to know that we're in this together. One of the ways that we do that is through our giving. We're one church and we can do things together that we can't do alone. None of you could organize what our church staff has been able to organize. If you go to Ecclesia Houston slash online care, you can find opportunities for pastoral care, prayer meetings, there are game nights, arts and crafts for families. There's times you can learn a new skill. Some of you can get on a Zoom call and learn to speak Spanish. I'm just telling you, there's so many things you can do that none of us need to be alone. We also are organizing ways to care for people financially. Uh, this week, just at one of our feeding events, uh, Manuel and his team fed 148 of our homeless brothers and sisters with warm, hot meals. At, and a time that they wouldn't get it otherwise. They feel loved and cared for because we're the church and we're not going to stop being the church in this season. One of the ways that we do that is through our finances. When we give, when my family gets to give and share what we have with Ecclesia, we pool it together, we can do some amazing things. All you need to do is send a simple text message to 84321. When you text message the amount that you need to give, if it's your first time to do it, you're gonna get a prompt. You'll, on a one-time basis, enter your payment information. It'll be entered, you'll be in our system, and then you can do what I do every week when I join with our live worship. I send in our offering, and I get a confirmation email that tells me it was sent in, and I confirm that I sent in the right amount. No matter what you give, when those gifts come together, we get to do some remarkable things. I'm especially blessed this week that we get to hear a wonderful and encouraging message from our dear sister, Erica Graham. Erica's like a lot of you. She's uh, living life, caring for people, uh, doing her best to stay sane in this season. And she's gonna open the scripture for us in some ways that I think are gonna bring some hope and encouragement to each of us. I'm really excited because Erica's pregnant and she's caring well for herself, but maybe like you, her pregnancy could be a source of excitement and also anxiety. What does it mean? We have uh, families that are going in, they're gonna be giving birth in the next few weeks and they're wondering, will I be able to have my husband, my spouse, uh, my, my mother, will anyone be able to be there to support me? We're all asking questions like this in this season. Erica's walking through it in the same way that you are. And as she opened the text for us today, I believe it's gonna be a tremendous blessing. So Ecclesia, would you give me a moment to pray for you? And then Erica's going to open the scriptures with us and invite us to try to be the people God made us to be in this unique and unusual season. Um, this is not going to end anytime soon. We're in it for the long haul. And together, um, we're gonna develop some patience. 
We're going to develop some fortitude. We're, we're going to find out that we're stronger than we thought we were. And that together, we're going to continue to impact places like Buenos Aires. I hope you listen to the podcast with Marcelo. I hope you listen to the podcast this week with our sisters Lisa Moed and Christina Samara in the Holy Land as we talk about the needs in Israel and Palestine. And every week, we're going to be going to different places, gathering our resources to help. So as you contemplate your role in that, as Eric opened the scriptures, let me say a prayer for us. Lord God, I thank you for Ecclesia. I thank you for Ecclesia Global, for the people all across the globe that have become a part of our Christian community in this season. Lord, we believe that we're one church. We're diverse. We're different. We come from different places, different ethnicities. We have different gifts. Some of us are introverts and we're handling this better. And some of us are extroverts and we're struggling in different ways. But together, we're learning to lean on one another and get through all of this as a family. And so, God, I pray today that as we open the scriptures, you would give us the kind of small and yet beautiful faith that you describe in the scriptures. And we would know that even a small amount of faith can sustain us in difficult seasons. We thank you, God, for your many abundant blessings. We pray for patience. We pray for guidance. And we pray that young and old, our children, our senior citizens, uh, are those of us that are young parents or older parents, that all of us together would feel your presence in the midst of this journey. We pray all of this together and we pray it in your name. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. God bless you, Ecclesia. I pray that the words of our dear sister Erica Graham would be a blessing to you now. Hello, Ecclesia. I am so honored to be here. On Palm Sunday, if you come to our church regularly, you know that normally on this Sunday, you would get a palm. And I actually had my husband go find a palm tree and chop this down because I wanted to keep some consistency for Palm Sunday, knowing that today we celebrate a time when Jesus rode on a donkey into Jerusalem. And I love that visual of Jesus on a donkey, surrounded by his ordinary friends who were fishermen. Some might think that Jesus would come into Jerusalem with an army or with a staff to protect him or with celebrities and elite and famous people, but that's not what he did. He was intentional and he knew that heroes often come in an ordinary form. And while Jesus is our savior and our hero, he came in an ordinary way. And I think that's so appropriate for the time right now. If you think about it, all of the ordinary heroes that are rising up during this time of a pandemic in our country, ordinary people, utility workers, truck drivers, EMTs, grocery store clerks, doctors, Janitors cleaning the hospitals at night in silence without any viewership. These are the heroes of today, but really the heroes of always. The people that keep our world running that often go unrecognized. And Jesus did ordinary things on purpose. He had an ordinary entrance to a parade on a donkey and this pattern of people doing extraordinary things 
in an ordinary form, I think is something that Jesus was really attuned to. But if you know the whole story that leads to Easter, this celebration doesn't end well on Good Friday. It takes us to suffering and crucifixion. However, it does eventually end happy on Easter with an empty tomb. And I think this is a time to remember that while suffering hurts in the moment and while celebrations feel real, that hope is ultimately our victor. And in this season, I'm reminded that small things make a really big difference. I mean, a tiny virus that we can't even see can quarantine an entire nation and global community. And I wonder if something small can do something so big that is bad. I think the reverse can also be true, that small acts can lead to great goodness as well. You know, I'm reminded of that phrase in the Bible about a mustard seed. In Matthew 17, 20, Jesus says, because you have so little faith, I tell you this, if you had even a faint spark of faith, even faith as tiny as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there. And because of your faith, the mountain would move. If you had just a sliver of faith, you would find nothing impossible. And so this quote in Matthew 17, 20, Jesus reminds us that oftentimes small acts can make a big difference. And he tells us that the amount of faith that we need is the size of a mustard seed. And I don't know if you can see this on camera, but these tiny little seeds are mustard seeds. I mean, they are so small. And I think of this visual because I think in times like today, we often think that we might not have enough faith. We're filled with anxiety and fear and uncertainty in times like right now. But I find comfort in this quote from Anne Lamott. She says, the opposite of faith is not doubt, but certainty. Certainty is missing the point entirely. Faith includes noticing the mess, the emptiness and discomfort, and letting it be there until some light returns. And this quote of Anne Lamott and also this idea of faith the size of a mustard seed, it puts my uncertainty a little bit at ease because I know that certainty is actually the opposite of faith. And if we are to be people of faith in the Christian community, it doesn't mean we have life all figured out. It doesn't mean we don't struggle with doubt and uncertainty. It means the opposite. We keep faith even if it is as small as a mustard seed. You know, I recently had a bout of uncertainty during this time. I am currently today, as I'm filming this, 21 weeks pregnant. And the other day on Monday, I had been feeling consistent kicks and I hadn't felt the baby kick all day. And I started to panic and I called my nurse and I texted friends and I ordered a stethoscope on Amazon so that I could hear the baby's heartbeat. You guys, I can't even find my own heartbeat with this stethoscope, 
But um, apparently at the time, I thought I would purchase a $50 stethoscope and that this would relieve all my doubts and uncertainty. And so this came in the mail. And by that time, of course, I had felt the baby kick and I felt ridiculous when this arrived in the mail. But it goes to show that we're in a time of panic. And when we're in a panic, we want an immediate fix. We want the answers. We want the truth. And during this time, I know it might sound cheesy, but I keep thinking of Noah. Because Noah was told something horrible is going to happen to the planet. And he was told to diligently prepare one day at a time for a disaster and a suffering that he wasn't able to picture. And I think that's what many of us are doing right now. We're preparing for the worst that hasn't arrived yet. And that feels uncertain and scary. The Noah story reads in Genesis 6:20, bring all kinds of birds, all sorts of animals and all varieties of creatures that creep on the ground in pairs so that each species will survive. Also, you must bring food with you. Bring every kind of food that may be eaten and store it all inside the ark. That way you and all the creatures will have enough food to eat. So Noah listened to God and he built the ark. He did everything God asked him to do. So during this time, much like us, Noah was asked to faithfully follow the rules and prepare one day at a time. And he wasn't able to see the future but he had to live in the present in order to save humanity. The Genesis story continues in Genesis 7:4. Seven days from now, I will send a massive rain to cover the earth. The rain will last 40 days and 40 nights and every li living thing I have made will be wiped off the face of the earth. Noah did everything the eternal one asked him to do. But here's the most fascinating part of the Noah story. And if you don't know the context of the Bible, you not, might not realize just how fascinating this is. But the end of the story is brilliant. Because Genesis 9:14 reads, And from now on, whenever a cloud rises over the earth and a rainbow appears in the sky, I will remember my covenant, my promise. I have made between me and you and all living creatures. No waters will ever again turn into a flood powerful enough to destroy all living creatures. When that rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember this eternal coven covenant I have made with all living creatures. And as Chris mentioned a couple weeks ago in a sermon, Pastor Chris said, a horrible sermon would be this idea that God is punishing us or that God wanted this pandemic to happen. That would be a horrible sermon. But the reality is in biblical times, that is often how they interpreted God. We often perceive God from our own vantage point. And what you need to know about the Noah story is that during this time, there were lots of flood stories circulating in the community. And a very common story in ancient times was a story about an angry God that wiped out the whole earth with the flood. That was actually a common story in ancient times. 
And what's so brilliant about Genesis and the Noah story is that it ends differently than the other common stories. Because while the other stories about angry gods ends with a world that ends, this story was actually very ahead of its time, both theologically speaking and when it comes to hope and the kind of Christian hope that we're called to have, because this story ends with a promise of peace and a promise that God will never do this again. And it's that kind of hope that we are called to live into during this time. And again, when we read stories within a context, we consider the historical stories that were circulating during that time. But also we look at the whole story of the Bible. And if we often perceive God from our vantage point, Jesus comes into the Christian story with an entirely new vantage point for God. He offers a perspective about a God that doesn't punish the earth or try to kill people, but a God that is called to love your enemies. A God that says things like, my kingdom is not of this world. And when we live in, in so much uncertainty right now, and I know that some of us in our Ecclesian community, not all of us have the choice to stay home. We have bills to pay. Some of you that are living paycheck to paycheck and while staying home in quarantine sounds great, you need to put food on the table. Or maybe you're a business owner that is faced with laying off some of your favorite people right now. We're faced with hard decisions. Earlier this week, I attended a group meeting on Zoom and somebody said something that really stuck with me. They said, yesterday is history and tomorrow is a mystery. And I think many of us are feeling that mystery extra heavy right now. And I'm comforted to know that the amount of faith we need is literally the size of a mustard seed. And while we're filled with uncertainty and doubt, faith and uncertainty actually play on the same team. And more importantly, these stories of Noah and Palm Sunday invite us to participate in that mystery and guide us towards hope because both stories actually do have hopeful endings. Noah's Ark, unlike all the other stories at that time, ends with a God that commits and promises to never doing that again. And Palm Sunday, although it leads to a crucifixion that is painful and terrible, and there's no denying the suffering of that, it ultimately ends with an empty tomb. And if you've been a part of our Ecclesia community for a while, then you know that we're the type of people that take disasters like Hurricane Harvey, and we turn them into stories of resilience and resurrection. Because as Ecclesians, that's just what we do. We take the hard times and we spin it into Christian hope. Because the stories in the Bible remind us time and time again that although suffering is real and true and we need to live into that and support each other well, that we are called to a story that doesn't isolate but connects each other and branches out and rebuilds towards a resurrected new mystery. Because if there's one thing that I learned about Ecclesia through Hurricane Harvey and what I've learned about the story of Noah's Ark and what I've learned about Palm Sunday that leads to Good Friday, it's that all these stories requ require us 
to be mongers of hope. And I believe that's what we're called to be during this time as a community. Ecclesia, let me pray with you. Dear God, I pray that as we look into the weeks and months ahead, that we will lean on our faith in you. I pray that we will remember that a mustard seed of faith is all we need sometimes. And that while we feel swallowed up by fear, anxiety, and uncertainty, all those things often play on the same team as faith. Because you don't require us to live a perfect life, but you do ask us to believe in your greater vision. And we hope to do that well in the weeks and months and years to come. In your name we pray. Amen. Ecclesia, as we come now to the communion table, will you join me in this communion liturgy together? I'll lead as a celebrant, and you can respond as the people. The table is set all around us. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. It is the table of sharing with the poor of the world with whom Jesus identified himself. It is the table of communion with the earth in which Christ became incarnate. So come then to this table, you who have much faith and you who would like to have more, you who have been here often and you who have not been for a long time, you who have tried to follow Jesus and you who have failed. Come. It is Christ who invites us to meet him here. All together, loving God, through your goodness, we have this feast, which has come forth from the earth and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing so that we may know your touch and presence in all things. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among his community through the centuries and shares with us now. Made one in Christ and one with each other, we offer these gifts and with them ourselves a single living act of praise. Amen. Ecclesia, we do this every week because we are forgetful people and we need to remember Jesus and we need to tell his story again and again and again. And so with whatever elements you have gathered, uh, today I've got a, a tortilla and some grape juice. Uh, at our house recently, we've been using elderberry syrup for communion, whatever you have gathered. Uh, and there'll be time in just a minute for you to go get, get something if you don't have it uh, when the song plays. But with whatever you have gathered, let's join and feast together. Uh, and we remember Jesus, how the night before he went to the cross, he gathered with his friends and his disciples and they ate the Passover meal together. And in the course of that meal, Jesus took bread and he blessed God. He said, blessed are you, Lord of the universe, who gives us grain from the earth. And he broke the bread and he offered it to his friends. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Whenever you eat this, do this in remembrance of me. And then they ate the meal and he took a cup of wine and again, he blessed God. He said, blessed are you, Lord of the universe, who gives us the fruit of the vine. And then he offered the cup to his friends and he said something new. He said, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of your sins. So whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. So this act of remembrance, it's, it's a looking back. We remember Jesus and his life and his teachings and his death and his resurrection and his ascension, all of which are acts of love on our behalf. But this remembrance is also a looking forward and an anticipation where we, we anticipate this, the day where we will feast eternally with our God, where we will be together truly in, in our bodies uh, with our Lord, 
not separated. There will be no disease. There will be no viruses. There will be no isolation and depression and struggles. Uh, we will get to feast eternally with our God. So with whatever you have before you, Ecclesia, this day, Lord, may these elements be for us a taste of heaven. May they be for us a taste of our unity and our place at your table as your beloved daughters and sons. We pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ecclesia, this is the body of Christ broken for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Let us take and feast and celebrate together. Amen. Rock of ages When the day seems long From this labor and this heartache I have come The skies will wear out But you remain the same Rock of ages I praise your name Rock of ages, you have brought me near. You have poured out your life, blood, your love, and your tears to make this stone heart come alive again. Rock of ages, forgive my sin. Who am I that 
Ecclesia, now is the time in our gathering where we bless our children. And not only our children, but grandchildren and the children that God has brought into our lives. So many children around the world are a gift to us and we always want to treat them as a gift to us. And so for our blessing, if you'll just gather around the kids in your home or wherever you are, and I wanna share with you a blessing that Rochelle and I said over our girls, Malia and Catherine, when they were babies. It's from Zephaniah 3. The Lord our God is with you. He is mighty to save. The Lord will take great delight in you. He will quiet you and give you peace. He will rejoice over you. Ecclesia. We enter into a Holy Week unlike any we've experienced before. And we do so in the faith that God will meet us in ways unlike we've experienced before. Continue to join us throughout the coming days at ecclesiahouston.org online as we walk in our Savior's steps, and especially as we gather in celebration next Sunday, Easter morning. Allow me to send us with a benediction. Crowds line the streets shouting in joy, a grand procession to welcome a king. We travel from atop trampled palms to find ourselves in the upper room, basins for our feet, bread and wine. Then betrayal, the fear that leads us to deny you, to abandon you, to stand silent as you bleed. Forgiveness, mercy, justice, love embodied as you take your final breath. And then the still, the waiting. Lord, invite us once more into your journey. Renewal and hope, prayer and reflection, joyful anticipation, the early morning hours, and dawn's first light. Beloved family, though we cannot escape the reality of death, how indescribably wonderful that it does not have the final word. Go forth in joy to love and to serve the Lord through these sacred days. Continue to dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.